Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. Amen. If you're cold, you need to come up here on the stage. That's why I came off the stage. I'm hot. No, it's all good. It ain't going to help. It's just going to blow hot air around. Thank you, though. I'm, I'm hot no matter what. I went back there in the back kitchen and it felt good. It's about 30 degrees back there. Amen. But it's just how the air works. All that air from the back shoots straight to the front. So if you're hot, sit at the back. If you're cold, sit at the front. If you're lukewarm, God will spit you out of his mouth. Amen. Be careful for that. Open your Bibles this morning. I'm going to get you and your fingers to walk in through the God pages this morning. Amen. So get your Bibles ready. I want to start off in Romans chapter 5. And I want to preach a message this morning about being thankful for three things. There's lots to be thankful for. Amen. But I want to be thankful for three things. And I'm going to take you through some scriptures this morning. How many love the word of God? Amen. I'm here thankful for the written word. And I want, to, I want to preach this morning. If you're taking notes, I want to preach, preach a message called, I'm thankful for the blood, for the peace, and for the plan. Amen. I'm thankful for his blood, for his peace, and for his plan this morning. So if you're taking notes, write those things down. How many know that thankfulness is a powerful, powerful tool? Amen. God says that he loves people who have a thankful heart. When we have thanksgiving in our spirit. And uh, I want to talk from Romans 5. I want to take you through some scriptures and show you some things this morning. And for, before I get into it, I almost forgot. Don't forget, it, you might not have got a text. Most people are on the list for uh, our ma- main core members. And most people got a text. But we're not going to be having our dinner tonight. Most people already got that message last night. We're supposed to have a really, really bad storm come in about 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And it's going to be one of those Texas ones where it rains and it's freezing. And those are not a, two good things for Texas wet roads. And so we, I know people like Jennifer Hubino could handle it because she's from Nebraska and she's used to driving on those kind of roads. But most of us are afraid to drive on the roads. And so we're just being cautious and we're going to go ahead and cancel it. And what we're going to do, though, is we're going we're gonna, to, I know probably a lot of people have bought food. And if you haven't, then you haven't. But if you have, we're going to go ahead and Wednesday night, Instead of our regular service, we're going to go ahead and eat then. So we're going to have a dinner Wednesday night. We're going to do everything the same um, that we were going to do tonight. We're going to try to do it Wednesday night. Most people gave me good feedback that that, um, that, that was a good idea. So we didn't waste the food. And uh, so if we have few or if we have many, we'll have food. Amen. Amen. And so depending on the few or the many and the amount of the food, we'll eat however much is there. Amen. Amen. And so it'll be good. And if you're out of town or you're traveling, then we'll understand that. But we're going to go ahead and push that to Wednesday night, especially if you've already bought food for, for it. Amen? Everybody good with that? So if you, don't, if you know of anybody that comes to the church that might not uh, have a phone or, or cell phone that gets that text, just try to spread the word uh, and just stay home tonight with your family. And, but don't get too used to staying home on Sunday night. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 5. I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for his peace. And I'm thankful for his plan. Think about those three things this morning. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, man, I'm in Proverbs. Sorry. I was going to be in trouble right off the bat. Give me a second. I was still honoring the Lord with my substance. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, 
And thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. I want to I show you as we start this off this morning, I want to give you almost uh, an elementary doctrinal understanding, church, of why we are so blessed and what we need this morning and why we're saved and what we're saved from. How many understand that through the word this morning, we're seeing this in Romans chapter 5, a lot of people say, man, the plan of salvation, I'm not sure if I understand it, or why does it work, or how does it work, or what happened, and why are we sinners, and all these different questions. Well, God made it very clear. He said that in the beginning, one man and one woman, they sinned. They made a mistake. They rebelled against God's plan. How many know when we rebel against God's plan, things are not going to go well? When we go with God's plan, things are going to go good. Doesn't mean we're not going to have troubles. Doesn't mean we're not going to have problems. It means he's going to walk with us and he's going to take us through everything. But we know in the beginning he said because, look at this verse 12, because just as through how many men? One man, sin entered the world. And as, as sin came in, death came in. Because of sin, you've got to realize God did not create us to die. God created us to live, and he, he created us to live forever. It was his plan. And if you look at the Bible way back in the beginning in Genesis, people lived to be eight or 900 years old. Because, and that was even through the sin. But the plan was for us not to die. God didn't intend that. He intended us to enjoy life, and we were going to be eternal beings. But he didn't want us to have to have sin. We, we disobeyed. Satan deceived. And through the sin of one person, sin entered our bloodline. Okay? And that's what's important is it entered through our bloodline. We have to understand, some, some people in here are going to totally understand this. Others are getting a grasp of it as you're a new believer or whatever. But it, it, we have to understand that the blood in our bodies is, is life. There's a lot of things you can live without. Blood is not one of them. And blood is something that cannot be uh, copied. Amen. Blood is God's life through us, in us. And because of the blood, the blood that was in us as sinful people, Jesus had to come along and he had to be born of a virgin so that that sin line of blood would be stopped. And that's how he could be the perfect lamb. Amen. But he says, because of death, sorry, one man sinned, death entered the world. And then all men because of it have sinned. So we are all sinners here this morning, which Romans 3.23 says. Okay. But go down a few more verses to 17. And look what it says. This is a, a good math thing. It says, for if by, one, by, the, if by the man, one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, capital one. Amen? Not capital one, the card. Capital letter O-N-E, the one. How many love the one this morning? Amen? The one. Jesus Christ. He says, if sin reigned through and death reigned through one man, then through one, Jesus Christ, it is eliminated. 18, there, sorry, 19, for as by one man's disobedience, watch this, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a good thing to be excited about right there. All of us are sinners because of one person, but all of us are justified because of one person. All of us became uh, part of the death line through the sin of one person, and all of us have been redeemed this morning because of the blood and the obedience of one person. Amen. How many are thankful this morning for the blood? I am thankful for the blood of Jesus. 
And the Bible says that verse, so I said 323, 623 says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I want you to understand this morning that without the blood of Jesus, we have nothing. You're taking notes, write that down. Without the blood of Jesus, we have nothing. Hebrews 9.22 comes off of the Old Testament and says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Amen? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. I'm going to read some verses. Some of y'all can go with me quickly or some of you can write them down, but I've got a lot of verses this morning. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. Amen? In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according, listen, to the riches of his grace. Amen. Come on, y'all, wake up a little bit this morning. I know you, this, you, this should get you excited. The blood, the blood of Jesus, amen, is for our salvation this morning. He says, but according to the riches of my grace, I give you forgiveness and I give you redemption. How many have heard the verse in Revelation that says, we overcome the devil by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. We need to learn how to testify against the things of the world with the blood of Jesus. We can say, I testify. I do this a lot when I'm praying. I say, Lord, I testify to the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. I I'm not just testifying to the world. I'm testifying to myself. I testify that, that the blood, I do this in the prayer room a lot, that the blood of Jesus gives me redemption from a fallen state. I testify, Lord, that the blood of Jesus gives me healing in my body. I testify, Lord, that the blood of Jesus gives me forgiveness for my sins. I testify, Lord, that the blood of Jesus gives me access to the throne room of grace. Amen. Those are things I do. I testify to the Lord from my mouth, confessing with my mouth that the blood of Jesus has given me those things. I'm thankful this morning that I've been bought with a price. You realize this morning you've been purchased? Amen. Your Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 20, we've been bought with a price. And you know what that price is? The blood of Jesus. Amen. The blood of Jesus. Look at somebody next to you and say, you've been bought with a price. I read this on Wednesday night. It's a great verse. 1 John 1, 7 and 9 says, But if we walk in the light, he is the light. And we have fellowship with Jesus. Sorry, with one another. And the, listen, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our sins. It, I talked about that on Wednesday, being washed and cleaned in the blood of Jesus. If we say that we have no sin, John says, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, watch this, for our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Are you thankful for the blood this morning? Amen. Colossians 1.20 says, listen to this, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. We have been given peace this morning because of the blood of his cross. Amen. So I want you to think this morning, I want you to understand in your prayer time, in your walk with God, you need to be thankful for the blood of Jesus. 
Now, I could have given you a lot more verses this morning, amen, but there's some of them. The second one is, and this, this verse leads us into it, is I'm thankful for his peace. Has anybody in here ever needed peace? Has anybody ever experienced the peace of God? Amen? I, th- there's something so amazing. Now, I, I want to actually say this morning, I would, I would go on record to say that this might be the greatest evidence that God is real. This might be the greatest thing that, that proves, you know, because there's a lot of people who would like to buy peace. They would like to purchase it. I, I guarantee you to, tonight, and, and people are going to go to bed with a whole lot of money in the bank. Millions maybe, some with billions of dollars in a bank account, which none of us can even fathom what that would be like. Billions of dollars. They might have several houses. They might have uh, all kinds of IRAs and EDFs and CKYs and all kinds of whatever they'd have that has money in it. Amen? I don't know all those names. I'm just throwing out letters, okay? I don't have any of them. But if, you had, if they had all that stuff this morning, they'd go to bed tonight and they might sleep on a $10,000 bedroom suite. They might have a pillow that massages their head. They might have somebody massaging their body as they go to sleep, which is one thing I'd have if I was rich. I'd have a live-in masseuse that would put me to sleep and rub my back every night. That's always, I should have thrown that in my bucket list last week. Amen? They would go to sleep but yet they would not have peace because only Jesus Christ can give us peace that is everlasting. Only Jesus can give us peace, church, at a time in our lives, in a situation when you're facing something horrible, been given bad news, whatever it is, and somehow, some way, a peace comes upon you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? In a place, in a time when you think, how do I have peace? God gives you a peace that passes all understanding. Isaiah 9, 6, we're coming up on Christmas time. Powerful prophetic verse. He said, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting. Listen, Prince of Peace. How many are thankful that God prophesied, amen, through Isaiah, that there was coming a person to this earth that would bring all those things? He is the Prince of Peace. Amen. If you're here this morning and you are having a time of a lack of peace, you just say, God, give me your peace. And I promise you, a peace will come upon you. And you'll know that God did something and he is there by your side. John 14, I've told you before to read that. 27, I want to read. But the whole book of John is an awesome book. The whole book of chapter 14 is an awesome chapter. And if you're ever down and you're ever discouraged, go read John 14. It starts off by Jesus saying that I go to prepare a place for you. Amen? And he, he talk, he's talking about where he's building us those mansions and that he's coming back for us. And then he goes all throughout the, ver- the, the chapter of 14 and talks about peace. But he says these words in 1427, Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Now watch this. He says, my peace. How many know there's a difference between what we can c- call peace and what God's peace is? There's a difference, church. Amen? So he says, my peace. I love that. He says, peace I leave with you. And then he actually says, M-Y, my peace I leave with you. 
So he's basically saying, hey, don't get peace in the bottle. Don't get peace in a relationship. Don't get peace in the world. Get my peace. Amen. How many times when we're struggling or going through something, do we look to other things before we look up and say, God, I need your peace. Amen. I need your help. I need your, your, your spirit right now. He says, my peace I give to you. Listen, not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says, I promise, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. And when you're in the midst of a storm, you stand and you say, Lord, I let my heart not be troubled. I trust you. Amen. I just lean on you this morning. Can somebody say amen because y'all about to put me to sleep? All right. John 16, 33. See, if I come at you with hard scriptures, you look at me like that. If I come at you with good scriptures, you look at me like that. I don't know what to say to get y'all excited. John 16, 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Now watch this. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. Now I want to note, make a note here. This is important. He says, you will have tribulation. We will have hard times. Never promised us we wouldn't. Never said you'd be in a divine bubble. Never said that you'd, that you'd never face fear. Never said any of those things. He said, you'll have tribulation. But you know, we've been talking in the last few months about the rapture and the tribulation, the tribulation. He didn't say you'd go through the tribulation. He said you'd have tribulation. See the difference? Because one of the great things that will give you peace this morning to know is as, as the coming years come on this world when God begins to do whatever he does in his plan, amen, he said, I have not appointed you to wrath. That should give you peace right there. I have not appointed you to wrath. So the, there's going to be a wrath that's going to come upon this world, but he didn't appoint that to me and you, church. He appointed that to those who don't believe and those who shunned him and those who stuck their fists up in the air. Amen. You'll go through tribulation, but he says, I, he says, be of good cheer because I have overcome this world. Amen. Come on, somebody clap for Jesus this morning. Amen. I have overcome this world. We sing that song, you have overcome. Do you believe it this morning? Do you know that when you're in the midst of a situation, you can say, my God has already overcome this. My God has already walked this walk. My God's already been down this road. My God's already felt this pain. My God's already taken care of all this situation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Colossians 3.15, listen to this. He says, let the peace of God, I love this. I want you to think about this. He says, let the peace of God rule your hearts. I've been, I've been doing some messages lately to get you to think about your walk. Do you really believe, I asked you. I've been asking things to get you to say where you're at in your faith. I want to ask you another question this morning. Who's ruling your heart? It's Wednesday night I talked about having a pure heart. Is peace ruling your heart or is dismay ruling your heart? Is peace ruling your heart or is trouble ruling your heart? Now, I'm not talking about a situation or a moment or a time or a phase. I'm talking about in general, church. Amen. You're going to have times where your physical and spiritual heart is going to be troubled. But what is ruling your heart? Peace should be ruling our heart. We should be able to overcome those things. We shouldn't be walking in constant fear. Even when we're facing the devil in the face, that devil cannot hurt us. 
Amen. That devil can bark at us. He can growl at us. He can slither at us. He can make noises at us. But he cannot touch us because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. No weapon formed against us can prosper. And so he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you were called in one body. And then he says, and be thankful. I'm talking this morning about three things I'm thankful for. The blood and the peace of God. You know what the Bible says? We can have peace even in the midst of the storm. Has anybody ever experienced the peace of God in the midst of a great storm? Circumstances. Church, what we need to remember is that every single one of us in this place, every one of us right now at this moment is going through something. We're all facing struggles. We're all, you, might have, you might have a day today. You might have a day. You might, this might be your day where you haven't, everything's pura vida. Everything's perfecto. Todo está bien. Anybody speak Spanish in here? Couple. I didn't even get an amen on that. Goodness grief. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Man, you did? Okay, thank you, Christina. Appreciate that lonely amen. God bless you. Dios te bendiga mucho. Que te prospera. Que tengas un feliz año. Amen. Que recibas todas las bendiciones de Dios. Amen. There we go. Some of y'all said amen and didn't even understand. How's that smart? Shut up already. Give me a blessing. Don't make me start talking Swahili. Buena sifiwe. Habariyako. Dios te bendiga again. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord... Oh, let me stop right there for a second. Now may the Lord... See, that's the key right there. When we don't have peace consistently in our heart... Maybe we've got lordship problems. Maybe, maybe he's not the lord of our heart. Maybe he doesn't have the key to every house or every room in our house. Amen. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm just saying think about it. He says, now may the lord of peace himself. This is what 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says. We've got to make sure that we're not halfway in the world and halfway with God. You know, if we're looking to the world, if we're looking to the sources around us, I've been trying to tell you for a long time, church, you've got to get a relationship with the Lord for you. Amen. You've got to have a prayer closet. You've got to have time with God. You've got to work out your own salvation, the Bible says, with fear and trembling. Amen. You've got to walk in holiness. You've got to say, God, the world might crumble all around me, but I can have peace in the middle of this storm amen it might you might be looking around and it's and it's only raining on you but you can look up and say lord i bless you at all times praise will always continually be upon in my mouth and upon my heart because i trust you amen and, and god gets the glory have you ever seen a time or situation where it's raining in a certain area and not raining on others and you look up and say, God, why is it only raining on me? Amen. But someone could say, Lord, I thank you for the rain. I must, I must need it. He says, the Lord himself continually grants you peace. Watch this. In every circumstance. In every, I put in capital letters, every circumstance. We can't say, well, I, I trust you in this, but I don't trust you in that. You trust God in everything. 
And you understand Romans 8.28. How many have gotten, as you've gotten saved and, and sought, walked with the Lord a little more, Romans 8.28 has been a little more understanding to you. And let me say it in case you don't know what it is. All things work together for good. All things work together for good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. All, say all things. The good, the bad, the ugly. All things work together for good. I started thinking this week about Job. I read some verses. I think I read some verses from Job on Wednesday. That man did nothing wrong. We, we've got to get out of this thing where we're asking God, what did I do wrong when we're going through a trial? You're not doing anything wrong. You're doing a lot right, as a matter of fact, because God allows people who are doing right to be tested. Because if you're not tested, you don't need peace. If you're not tested, you don't need faith. If you're not tested, you don't grow. Amen. If you're not tested, God can't get the glory when you praise him in the middle of the storm. Amen. It's easy to praise God when everything's going right. But when it's going wrong and you lift up your hands and say, I bless you, Lord, anyways, he gets glory. Amen. He gets glory. And that's what he's looking for. Job gave God glory in his ugly times. In his worst times. Let me read that one more time. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant to you peace in every circumstance. Amen. Let me read one more verse for peace. Somebody shout out the time to me. Because I just realized it's 1.30 on my watch. 11.07, all right. I'm all messed up this morning. It's 1.30 somewhere. Well, not 130. It's 107 somewhere. <laughs> Can't change that minute. You can change the hour. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be thankful. Sorry, be anxious for nothing. Now, that's easier said than done. How many have realized that? That the Bible is easier to say than to do. Amen. But if he says it, we can do it. Because he says, if you, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Have you ever thanked God for the problem? He said, with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you that I'm being tested. I thank you even for this test. Let your request be made known to God. Watch this. And this is one of my favorite verses. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding passes all understanding you say oh god this you've got to be real for me to have this peace it says will guard your hearts and your minds through christ jesus amen. amen and number three i'm thankful that god has a plan how many are thankful he has a plan this morning Where, this is nothing that's happening is by chance god has a plan God has a purpose. Even sometimes, church, when we look at the world and we see how it is, we say, God, how can you be involved in this? How can you have a plan in this? And even in spite of all the ugliness, it, there's a plan. God has a plan. Amen. And we've got to understand that his plan goes through the ugliness. 
His plan goes through the pain. His plan goes through the struggle. His plan goes through the lies. His plan goes through the deception. His plan goes through the hatred. His plan goes through any violence. Everything the devil would try to rise up, his plan goes right on through it. And his plan will come to pass. And his plan for us is good. Can you say amen? I got to start off this last number with one of my favorite verses. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. How many know it's exciting to know that Jesus is thinking about us right now? Hallelujah. He's thinking about you right now. The God of this universe is thinking about you right now. He, you're on his mind. That's enough to go home shouting hallelujah with right there. Amen. I know the thoughts I have towards you. That's plans. I know the plans I have towards you. Listen, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil. Thoughts of peace and not evil. So we can understand, church, that whenever something evil is going on or taking place, it's not God, it's people. It's the enemy, it's sin, it's death, it's the nature of the world. But he says, I have good thoughts. And he says, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. How many know that you've got a future this morning in God? Amen. Amen? Come on. How many know you've got a future in God? Now, how many could be excited with me to know that your past might not have been so good, but your future's going to be great? I said your past might not have been so good, but your future's going to be great because of that same blood that forgave you of your sins. Now, how many have made plans even this morning, you made plans to come to church. We had plans for dinner. You have plans for Thanksgiving. We, we make plans every day. We have plans to go places, plans to do things. Every day we make plans, right? And God gives us free will to make plans. We're all doing stuff all the time. And we have plans. But listen, you've got to understand that although you make plans, God's plans are going to prevail. You can make, he'll let you make all the plans you want, but you've got to get to a place where if he changes the plans, you go with him. Amen. If he says, yeah, that's a good plan, let's walk it out, and you walk in that plan. But if he says, no, I don't like that plan, then you say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in your plan. If that plan was not in your plan, then we're changing my plans. It's funny how we try to change God's plans. I'm going to have to say that one again. God, I'm going to make some plans. And if those plans are in your plans, then I'm going I'm to walk with you. And God will walk with us, in, he says, in the light. But if it's not your plan, God, and I see that, I, how, how many know if you've been walking for a little while with God, and all of a sudden you don't feel him there anymore, and he stayed back somewhere else, you ought to be go, maybe go back to where God is. What's well, kind of dark right here? I'm being back in the light. There we go. Amen. See, that was a good illustration right there. I'm in the light right now. God's with me. And God's plan is right here. But I want to go over there. And then I get over here in the dark. And some people like to stay in the dark. Some people like to hang out in it. I don't. I like light. Amen. So if you walk out of God's plan, understand, Lord, I know your plan's going to prevail. Let me get back over here where I'm supposed to be. Can you say amen? amen. Proverbs 19.21 says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will prevail. 
How many want God's counsel this morning? Amen. You, you do what you can do, you'll get what you can get. You do what God can do, and you get what God can give you. So we make plans. Now, I, I saw a really cool thing the other day on uh, Instagram, and I copied it and used it yesterday. And it was awesome. Perfect coming into my message. It says, we make the plans, but the Lord determines the steps. That's powerful. We make the plans, but the Lord determines the steps. And, and that leads me into a verse. Proverbs 16, 9 says, a, heart, a, man, a, man plan, sorry, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Amen? So God says, hey, you make your plans. Think about that. You make your plans, as long as they're according to my will. But as you go and as you make that plan, as you walk in that plan, let me guide your steps. Think about, picture with me for a second, because this, this was a picture on, on, on Instagram where it was like a set of stairs going up a hill. And think of, have you ever seen like a set of stairs that curves and goes around a bunch of different places? And it, Think about that right there. That, the plan is to get to the top. But somebody has gone up that hill and said, there, here's the easiest way to get up. And those stairs, if you'll follow those stairs and stay on the stairs, you'll get to the top. And so you can make your plans, but you've got to make sure that you're following the steps that God is ordaining for you to get to the top. If you get off that path, then God's going to say, hey, I'm not over there, and you're in danger, and you can do what you want. You've got free will, but why don't you get back on my path so we can make it up to my plan? And then finally, Psalms 37, 23 says, the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. I don't even want God to order your steps this morning. Amen? Order your steps. I'm not talking about brushing your teeth and going to the bathroom and eating and things that are normal. I'm talking about things that are important, spiritual things. God, guide my steps, Lord. Help me. And to finish, I, we know that God has a personal plan, but then he has a global, eternal plan. Amen? Again, remember, church, as we go forward in this life, as we are in this time, church, of uncertainty, of things going on around the world, as even right now, we don't know what the future holds day by day, and we know that uh, so many crazy things are going on in the world, and we know that uh, even last night I saw the news that uh, they made a deal with Iran for six months, so we're postponing craziness from Iran. For six months. As we live in this world, we don't know what is going on and what is happening, church, and what could happen tomorrow. We need to say, God, I trust your plans. Amen. More than ever before, and understand that God has got this all walked out. Let me say that again. I've got to pin this down. God has it all walked out. Do you understand that this morning? God has already walked all the way to the end. And if you want to make it to the end, you've got to stay on God's path. If you get off God's path, you're in trouble. Get back on God's path, God's eternal plan. The simple gospel that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Amen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him would be saved. That's still God's plan for, for this world. Many are going to reject it. 
Many are going to turn away from it. Many are going to say, no, I've got my own plans, but that is still God's plan. 1 John 5, 4 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Listen, and this is the victory that has overcome this world. Listen, our faith. Say, I have faith. Amen. In God. And if you've got faith in God, you are going to overcome this world. Amen. Now, let me read one more thing to you this morning. And I'm going to go ahead and ask the musicians to come this morning. I want to read the, the end plan of God. We're here on this earth, church. We're not going to be here forever. It wouldn't matter if the rapture was going to happen or we were going to die. We're not going to live in this body forever. Does everybody understand that? Life is short. We've been talking about that. Talked about that last week. I said, what would you do if you were given four weeks to live? How would you live your life? And as we think about all these things, church, we've got to understand there is an eternal plan. Now, how many agree with me this morning that eternity is hard for our carnal minds to grasp? We can't do it. Do you realize that God only allowed us a certain capacity of understanding when it comes to eternity? Our minds can only go so far. Have you ever thought, I'm sure you have, have you ever stopped and thought, tried to think of how long eternity was? We've all done it. Your mind can only go so far and then you go, wow, I don't even, I don't even know what that is. You can't grasp it. I had somebody tell me one time a really good example and I've always remembered this. It's a, it's a generic example, but it's, it, it helps. A bird comes up to the beach. And how many knows a lot of sand? You ever been to the, to the beach and grabbed a handful of sand? I mean, there's probably in a, in a handful of sand thousands of little grains of sand. Thousands. Thousands. Just one little handful of sand. And a little bird flies and grabs one, one grain of sand in his mouth. Let's say in Costa Rica. And flies all the way around the world with that grain of sand in his mouth and comes back to Costa Rica again and then grabs another one. It flies all the way around the world until all that sand is gone. And then eternity just begins. Think about it. There's no way to grasp eternity. But the good news this morning is, church, because of the blood, because of salvation, because of redemption, we can have peace this morning to know that God's got an eternal plan. And his plan is that we would not suffer. His plan is that we would not spend eternity in hell. His plan is that we would be with him. And Revelations chapter 21 says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Listen, coming down out of heaven from God. Listen, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. There shall be no more sorrow. There shall be no more crying. Can anybody say, God, I'm ready for that day. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. 
Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Listen to that. Behold, I make all things new. And he said, Write for these words are, listen, true and faithful. True and faithful. He said, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Watch this. And I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. That is the plan of God. That is the eternal plan. Church, we are in the greatest plan and on the greatest team of anything in the universe this morning, church. I want to tell you I'm thankful I am thankful for the blood I'm not just saying that to sound good I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus and I'm thankful for his peace that passes all understanding and I'm thankful that I'm in his hands this morning and my plans are his plans and his future is my future Amen. I'm thankful that God's got it all worked out. Church, the only way you can fail is if you quit. The only way you can fail is if you get off God's plans. You get off His road and don't follow His steps this morning. But I believe every single person in this place is smart and willing to say, God, I'm going to follow your plans. Let's bow our heads this morning.